Welcome back. Glad to have you. And for those of you on the network now joining us, thanks so much. Uh, today is a special day. We are broadcasting live. We are down here at the War Memorial right on the lakefront of Lake Michigan in Milwaukee County. It is the Wisconsin War Memorial, and the Field of Flags is going in as we speak. They began yesterday uh, putting the flags in, and one flag per lost soul, Wisconsinite, uh, who perished, and we'll find out more information about all of this uh, that's going on ceremonially tomorrow as well. Down here at the War Memorial, Dan Buttry, the director down here, is going to be joining us coming up about a half an hour from now. Um, one thing, I, I wanted to catch this because I got an email, Ben, and I'm not quite sure what was said. Um, were you guys talking about the NIL today? This morning, yeah, we were in in, in, in college in college sports. Yeah, so we, we somebody had it. said, uh, and, and I don't know if you guys said it. Or I I couldn't tell you who brought up the fact that if you're going to pick up uh, recruits and you want to start doing NIL logo endorsement, uh, we pick them up in the big unit cruiser. <laughs> that was a combination of myself and Ebo. We're talking about okay. I, ideas. I wasn't sure. Yeah, ideas for how boosters can get involved. He had brought up the CEO of Epic, which is an absolute money machine, obviously, here in the state. I said, yeah, I've, I've, you know, put out there that the Bill Michael show could do some NIL deals. And Ebo said, yeah, you know, they got to go to the game. They got to go on the road. Pick them up in the big unit. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I wasn't sure. And uh, somebody had texted me, a buddy of mine texted me and said, did Wisconsin say they're going to use your cruiser to go pick up recruits for NIL deals? And I thought, that's a first. I I, I didn't know. So I, I wanted to know where that came. I thought, there's no way somebody said that. And then I, I figured maybe you guys were talking about it. but Because I, I missed that this morning. I was downstairs. Uh, I literally had a chance to walk through and, and over there by the, uh, by the by the field of flags. And uh, I wasn't listening this morning, as I usually do. So when that, when that was there, I said, there's no way. So somebody else had to say that. It's not like all of a sudden Barry Alvarez is doing his podcast with Matt LePay and says, well, we're going to contact Bill to start picking up recruits all over the uh, country and bringing them back into the state of Wisconsin. Uh, although it would be fun, and we would certainly welcome that, but I, I didn't think that was the direction in which they were going. Yeah, we're thinking eight seven seven eight. Like who was who was talking about the NIL? Was it uh, Lane Kiffin? Yeah, yeah, he's the latest one. And he his his share was uh, that uh, the Pandora's box is basically open now, right? He said that he doesn't see how they are not professionals and not in a professional sport. He did note a right. possible problem that could arise with a booster, and if he gives a bunch of money, gets a kid in town, and let's say. The coach doesn't want to start him, but the booster says you have to, and then that could affect the coach's job, which I don't totally agree well, with. Well, you could do that now, though. That's That was my thought. Um, but he was mentioning that. He talked about how you know they need NIL to compete in this world, all the normal stuff you hear these days. Yeah, uh, I I get where, and I understand that statement, because now you have got, if you are a booster and you put your money into a recruit, okay, which I think you're an idiot if you do it, unless it's an absolute positive sure thing. And for these guys that have a buddy or have a friend of a friend who knows a kid who's really, really good and they're going to sink their money into him, 
look, until this kid's proven, you're don't get me wrong. I mean, you can spend your money the way you want to, but I think you're crazy. I mean, here's the thing. When a kid is coming out of high school and you want to put your, your hooks into him for money, okay, and you want him to represent you, going from high school to college is a massive step. It's a massive step. Just like going from the college to the pro ranks is a massive step. You don't know who is going to succeed and who's not. You really don't until that kid gets away from home, unless, of course, it's in their own backyard. But until that kid gets away from home, until you figure it out if he's able to handle a relationship, if he's able to handle a breakup, if he's able to handle his money, if he can do his own laundry, if he can, if he can stay in school, you know, all of that stuff. Until you understand when this, when this kid's suddenly punched in the face with real-life issues, even though college is still not real life in comparison to going out into the real world. Um, if for those of us that remember our college days, it, it's, it's a euphoric state. You act like you're an adult. You're making adult decisions. You'll do your own thing. You're feeling your oats. You're flexing your, your adult muscles. But you're still reliant upon people. You're still in a structured atmosphere. You know, it does ready you for life and ready you for business and ready you for the job market and, and all that. But you're still, you're, you're still somewhat sheltered. And so until that guy pans out, I don't think I'm spending my money on a, on a kid in high school. Some of these guys will because it's fashionable to buy them and they've got enough money to do so. But if that kid doesn't work out or the coach doesn't see eye to eye with this guy and he doesn't play him because the talent in front of him is better, you're out your money. So be it. Uh, But I, I get it where some of these boosters have egos that feel that they can do what they want, that they can buy their way into programs. I mean, how many times have we seen somebody busted who was the guy from miami that was on the sidelines and he got busted for trying to pay players and and he basically had bought his way in and he was down there in the miami hurricanes jersey on the sideline and the watches and the gold and all that and he was the guy that was floating money around to these guys because he bought his way in and he was nothing more than like a nerd he was just a uh, a nerd who made it in business and that's fine that's great that he did i mean very much a success story but ultimately he ended up going down because of some of the illegalities that he had going. But I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. But, you know, I mean, some guys, that's their ego, to be able to spend money and become the athlete quasi through the participation and support of rather than playing it as a kid or, you know, back in his college days. And suddenly you're a supporter and you're there and you're mixing and mingling with the athletes and just like the big man on campus because you have the money to do so. I, I can see the problems, but these are problems – if if you're if say you're one of the biggest donors to the college, and you have a kid you want not only to go to school but you want him to play, and suddenly this big donor is going to say, you know what, I'm going to pull my money if Nick Saban doesn't play this guy. I I could see that being a problem. I don't think there's anything unique here. It's all in how the coach handles it, I guess. Which, by the way, I have a quandary. Should I do this now or should I do this later, Ben? Well, it depends what it is. I'd say do it now. I'm interested. I have a quandary. I, 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 want, I want public opinion on this. What are you thinking about giving multi-billion dollars to Wisconsin so they can get a quarterback? No, I, uh, I, I, I screwed up all my multi-billions on, uh, on those pay machines and gambling machines inside the bars. I've, I've lost all my millions. Hmm. 
Um, (laughs) No, I I got like a a social issue I want to ask about. And I thought this happened to me last night. So here's my issue. Okay, and I'm going to I'm going to express this and then I want a public opinion. I want opinion on this. So last night, uh, Kristen's son had a baseball game. Uh, It was at Worth Park in Brookfield. And we we go to the games and, and, you know, you take your fold up chairs and everything. And so last night I made a point to sit kind of away from people. And I was probably from the opposition's bench, probably 15 to 20 feet. From the other fans that were behind the backstop, I was probably, again, 15 to 20 feet. There was one guy in the vicinity. He was maybe 7 to 10 feet away. It wasn't real far, but whatever. So we sat down out in the park, you know, and I was sitting there watching a game, and I lit a cigar. And, you know, four innings, five innings go by, and I'm making sure because I am very, very, very cognizant of this. I never ever want smoke to blow in anyone's direction. So the 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 direction of the smoke was blowing behind me. Okay? So it wasn't going towards anybody. And the coach came over and said that you cannot he wanted me to put it out cuz you know how, how how it was almost like how dare you smoke at a, a league game. And I looked at him I'm like, "Okay, no big deal." He was really kind of a jackass, kind of rude about it. Um but, I, you know, I look, I get it. Maybe there's some kind of tobacco thing. I have no idea. But, you know, I made, I made sure to sit away from people was my point. Should I have been offended or should the people around me have looked at me and said, no, that's not right, or was I wrong? Because part of me was, sure, no problem. I get it. All you got to do is ask. But he was a, he was a jag about it. So, I, but I, I laid it down. I didn't like scruff it out, but I laid it down and cigars go out. They just burn out if you don't keep them lit. So I let it, I laid it down, didn't touch it the rest of the game. But it was in a seven inning game. I think it was like the fourth inning when they said something to me. And I wondered, was I wrong? Because I mean, I've done this before and nobody's ever said a word. But is that wrong or is that just socially unacceptable now? And again, I wasn't sitting in the stands with a bunch of people, you know, or anything like that. I, I'm very cognizant of that because I get it. But is that wrong? Well, which team was winning? Uh, it was actually, I think, a tie game. It was a good game. They battled back and forth until the very last inning. All right, because if, if the opposing team and the coach who asked you to put it out, if they had been losing, you could have just said, oh, no, yeah. No, it was... No, I'm watching you get no, smoked was, on the field, so I don't really need this anymore anyway. It was Kristen's son's coach, one of his assistant coaches. Uh, Speaking of nerds who live vicariously through their kids, he actually said last night, and I kid you not, Ben, and I'm only going to say this because I, I laugh my ass off. He, he, one of the kids comes up to the plate, and he's like, okay, remember, when you hit it, run fast. I'm like, what? What? That that's your advice. I mean, you're just saying stuff, and I I'm, I'm almost slipping here because I'm sitting there last night just thinking to myself, you're saying things to say things, like you're some kind because some of these guys manage like they think they're Sparky Anderson trying to win two World Series, one in each league. That they, that they live vicariously through the kids, you know. And I I look, don't get me wrong, education, I I appreciate it. They're taking time out of their schedule. There's they're doing what a lot of parents won't do, so I appreciate that. But sometimes you can always tell the guy that's there because I'm the coach. You know, that guy. 
the same guy that you know guides you into your parking space at American Family Field who acts like he's a cop. Like at any second in time, that flashlight that he has, he could point it at you and arrest you with that flashlight. You know that guy. But so was was I was I wrong? At all, sitting in a an open park, open air, away from people. I would like to know publicly was I because if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't I don't mind admitting that. But I'm just kind of was kind of thinking about that. I don't know and much about smoking ethics, so I I don't know if I can comment on that. But I will say from the coach perspective, my old T-ball coach <clears throat> during the coach pitch tournaments, I guess it was uh, little league travel baseball. He would throw a horrible pitch and we would miss it. We're like seven years old. He would go on these cursing tirades at us, telling us to hit the ball better. And we're all eight or seven Mm -hmm. years old. So I I think the bar was set low in my childhood that any other coaching stupidity that would happen, I can tolerate. I, I, and again, I just, uh, I was, I was kind of flabbergasted. I'm like, really? You know, And, and I'm looking around. It's not like. I'm making sure that nothing is blowing. In any- anyway, I, I don't want to go on and on about it, but is there like an etiquette there? Uh, Brandon says, yes, you should have been offended. You did nothing wrong. You went out of your way to please most people. And Angie says, wrong on the coach's part. If the park doesn't have anything posted about using tobacco products, then you're good to go, which is true, which is true. Interesting. And you don't have to sign anything walking through the door, you know, where you say, you know, I, I adhere to certain league, little league rules or something. So I don't know. I was just putting it out there because I wasn't offended. I wasn't offended by the ask. I was offended by the way it was asked. You know? Uh, Jeff says the park or the school uh, that the field is in should have signs posted. No smoking uh, on premises. I have done the same thing and have been chastised for it as well. So my question is, like, parents that smoke, they walk away and smoke. They smoke cigarettes. I've seen it. One, and now this was, and you're right, Jason, who just emailed me. Jason said, uh, does this guy listen to your show? Maybe he doesn't agree with your opinions. Therefore, thought he was a big man by approaching you. One of the other people that were there last night said the same thing. Said the exact same thing. That maybe this is a guy who just doesn't like you. So he thought he'd come over and flex his muscles. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, before I take a break, let's go to Tom. Tom listening in Fitchburg. Tom, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm great. First of all, why would anybody not like you? Like, seriously. <laughs> No, I, my why mom's even questioned that when she was alive. Yeah. No, but you know, a longtime umpire and also kids who went through it and everything. I really, honestly, don't take offense to this bill, but I, I just didn't like the smell of smoke. You know, when I'm at a, a game or at a restaurant or whatever, I think the solution probably would be to maybe a little bit more than 20 feet, maybe go to the outfield or something like that. The guy was probably a jag because he was like. You know, cigar smoke or cigarette smoke, sometimes that even if the wind's blowing a certain direction, you know, that it, 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 mm-hmm. it annoys them, you know. And maybe it was just irritated right. by that. So don't take offense to it yeah. and move on and just let it ride. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. I appreciate the phone call. 
Thanks, man. And I, I can't imagine anybody not liking me either. But, oh, well. So, and again, I made sure that the wind was blowing behind me so it wasn't going to get in anybody's way. And I, was, I thought I was far enough away. But maybe I'll, maybe I'll take that into consideration. But if I go sit in the outfield now and somebody says something, now I got an issue. I, and again, I wasn't offended at all if, because I completely get it. Uh, I wasn't offended uh, by the ask. I was offended by the way it was asked. More so than anything. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. If you got something to say, say it. Uh, we are broadcasting live. We're at the War Memorial going into Memorial Day weekend. This is what it's all about. And uh, the field of flags uh, continues to go in as we speak. And if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, you can see a portion of it from earlier this morning as they continue to put the flags. And that is only half of the flags, by the way. Uh, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, that is only half of the flags that will end up encompassing the majority of that field out there, and um, that represents one lost soul, one Wisconsinite who perished in a, a conflict, and we'll hear more about that coming up here in about 10, 15 minutes. Stay tuned. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Speaking of veterans, our guys at Burn Pit Barbecue, a terrific launch on the Home Shopping Channel and, and QVC and such, and uh, go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Dot com and to support veterans right here in our own backyard. The company's been in business a couple of years. They're great guys. Ben and Greg are fantastic people. Uh, support veterans who support the community, who support veteran charities. BurnPitBBQ.com. Not to mention, I mean, th- what's lost in all that is the fact that it's actually really, really good stuff. And I would vouch for it. I mean, I have it at home. I use it. We just had it yesterday, as a matter of fact, when Kristen and I grilled out. Uh, yesterday afternoon. So burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Picking up some of these uh, NIL guys for the Badgers. Uh, our friends at Cunis RV, they're the ones that supply our big in a cruiser. And uh, you're travel and camping experts. And if you're looking for a motorhome, a fifth wheel, camper van, travel trailer, whatever it is, Cunis, they have got you covered. Jayco Alliance, Coachman, Catalina, Dutchman, Forest River. I can go on and on. I shall. Heartland, Crossroads, Keystone, Winnebago, Redwood. Stop into any one of the Cunis RV locations all throughout the great state of Wisconsin. This weekend especially, I saw some campers on the road, boats loaded up, all that kind of good stuff. Everybody heading off for the long uh, extended weekend. Cunis RV offering top for your trade-ins right now and consignment as well. And if you're within 50 uh, miles of a dealership, they'll come and get your consignment absolutely free of charge. How about that? Not a bad way to go. Stop in and check out all of their dealerships and uh, go to cunisrv.com. Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, cunisrv.com. That is cunisrv.com. They are Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. Again, go to Cunisrv. Dot com. Let's get back to the phone calls and uh, check out some of the uh, the people that are on hold. First of all, let's go to Austin listening to us in Virginia. Austin, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? 
Hey, good, Bill. Uh, lo- love the show. And, um, you know, as a Navy reservist and a veteran, I also really appreciate all the work you do for the armed forces and the veterans, you know, especially with the Fisher House. So you know, thank, thank you very plan. much for all that. Um, you know, regarding your conversation about Craig Council as, you know, the best manager in Milwaukee Brewers history, I, I really think it's r- really dependent on whether you see, um, you know, league championships and how, how, how how uh, how how have you weighed it in terms of how the manager is? Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, I, I think you know when you're looking at that, I'm thinking Craig Council and Harvey Keen, you know, right up there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the '82 Brewers going to the World Series, and actually Harvey Keen won the Manager of the Year that year as well. Mm-hmm. Which you take a look, Craig Council has not yet won one. And I say, don't yet you think because, though, Craig you know, Council should have won a, a Manager of the Year by oh, by by now? Because there was a couple least, of years ago, he should have absolutely won, won it. Yeah, yeah, at least. Um, so you know, and and the crazy thing is, I, I think you know, if and I, I kind of want to say if and when the Brewers you know make it to the World Series, I think that would totally elevate Craig Council as like a absolute shoe in as the best manager in Brewers history. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I, I think it's just really dependent on how well or how, how much you want to weight, you know, uh, league championships and World Series appearances. So those yeah. are just some of my thoughts. No, I agree, man. I appreciate it and appreciate all your service, pal. Appreciate it so much. And thanks for the phone call. Um, I would think, man, because the Brewers' appearances in postseason history have been so ebb and flow. You build up, build up, build up. You get there, and then you crash, and then you don't go back for years. And then you build up, build up, build up. You get there, and you crash. In the meantime, Craig Council has been in the postseason four times. Four times. Buck Rogers made it once. Harvey Keen made it once. Dale Swain made it once. Ron Redicky made it once. Craig Council has made it four times. Four times in eight years he's been there. So you got to think, you know, when you start talking about the best manager in history and for what he's done franchise-wise as opposed to other years, that you would consider him to be the best. Correct me if I'm wrong. Eight, but I I do agree. You got to have some more postseason success. Uh, let's go to Randy. Randy, welcome to the program, man. What's going on, Bill? Um, I'm just wondering uh, about George Bamberger as being the best manager in the Brewers' history. What I think what he did with the pitching staff uh, that they had at that time, coming out of the Baltimore system, where he really knew the ins and outs of how to get the best and most out of your pitching staff. I I don't know how many mm-hmm. wins he ended up with in his career, but I think uh, George Bamberger should be considered for that. I'll hang up and listen. You know Thank what? You. He's got a ter- – appreciate the phone call. He's got a terrific winning percentage as well, 566 winning percentage. He only managed 415 games. He's got uh, 235 wins, 180 losses. And with uh, a manager with over 100 games managed, more than a season – he had three seasons, um, more than a season. Um, yeah, he's 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 up there when you talk about winning percentage and such and kind of getting. Now, he didn't have any postseasons. For Bambi's Bombers, no postseasons. It wasn't until Buck Rogers came in and took over after that, uh, after, you know, George Bamberger had kind of put it all together. Now, George Bamberger also, don't forget, came back 
after Latchman. And Bamberger then came back and coached, uh, managed 300 more games. So he's got over 700 games managed, but in that stint, he was sub 500. He was a 454 winning percentage from 85 and 86. And then Tom Treblehorn came in after that, and Treb came in. Treb came in 819 games. 422 and 397. Treb didn't have a bad run, but didn't get to the postseason. It was a different setup then as well, but you understand what I'm saying. 877-867-1670. Angela says, uh, by the way, public parks almost never have no smoking signs. You were fine because you uh, did your due diligence to stay away from people. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's go to uh, Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about the spring. Um, Oh, yeah. I'm a former smoker, and I think there's nothing worse than former smokers. I can smell smoke a block away. Uh, So I don't know about this person's attitude, uh, which is what concerned you most, I think. But, um, yeah, former smokers are probably the worst. Uh, We can smell smoke. And, And knowing... How many people I offended by smoking in their presence, you know, still sticks with me. So, um, yeah, there's my two cents. Hmm. Okay. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. And you're right. I mean, uh, um, you know, being a former cigarette smoker, now I didn't smoke cigarettes, but I know former cigarette smokers who can smell it a mile away. I, I agree with you. And again, you know, I mean, it was just, I wasn't, I wasn't so much offended by the ask, and I get it. Completely understand it. I just said, okay, no problem. It was more so, I guess, the attitude. That was it. Let's do this. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to take a moment away, as we should, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on down here at the War Memorial and what Memorial Day weekend means to so many and should mean to so many as we talk a little bit more about the field of flags and find out some more of the information about what's going on down here uh, at the uh, Wisconsin War Memorial. And if you're paying attention on the Bud Light live stream, obviously you're getting some of the pictures from some of the things down here, uh, such as the 9-11 girder uh, from, the, uh, from the World Trade Center, the POWMIA table. Uh, you've got uh, the Eternal Flame down here, and then also, uh, like I mentioned, the Field of Flags. So stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming to you live down here on the lakefront uh, on Lake Michigan in Milwaukee County at the War Memorial. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip, giving away a 2022 Chevy Camaro SS. And all you got to do is stop in, pick up some Pepsi products, Jack Link's products, get additional registration by using the Quick, Quick Rewards card and stop in and see our friends over there at Quick Trip. And again, don't forget to use the Quick Rewards card. And coming up on July 3rd, the morning of July 3rd, right before the Quick Trip 250, when NASCAR comes rolling through and roaring through Elkhart Lake and uh, Road America, we're going to give that thing away over at the Oosthof. So, uh, uh, if you have not gotten registered for that thing yet, stop into your local Quick Trip. Do so, and you could walk away with a brand new 2022 Chevy Camaro uh, SS, which is just—it's the same one they're using for uh, the pace car. As a matter of fact, so just 
just completely badass, for lack of a better term. Uh, joining me now here inside uh, the War Memorial is the president and CEO. I'm going to slide you this way, Dan, so people can see because there's the camera. There you go. Dan Buttry is here. And uh, first of all, thanks for having us down here, man, and obviously what the weekend's all about. It is. And um, by the way, that sounds real. I'm going to go to a quick trip and put my name in. <laughs> right. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's oh, awesome. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, thanks for you for coming down. Um, you know, for those who probably don't know, we first connected on Fisher House. Yeah, you were the original president of Fisher House, Wisconsin. Yeah, and doing a ride right out of the dealership. And um, I remember you looking at me going, hey, how can I do this? I mean, you were already doing your annual right, ride. Right, right. And I said, oh, man, that would be so awesome because... You know, it was just like back-to-back. We were always doing it the weekend closest to, to 9-11 for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, right. uh, September 11th. And um, and then and then they eventually got you on the board of board of directors. And yeah. So uh, you're a great American, Mr. Bill. And um, so you get this, obviously, because of your work uh, in working on the Fisher House and the families of our, our military. Uh, the War Memorial is 65 years young this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they opened it in 1957 on Veterans Day. It is what it is. It's a memorial. And right. so it's mixed use. It's one of a kind. It's, it's the only one in the country. You know, I was watching the, the Brewers game last night, and, and behind the stadium you see the arch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same architect who does the arch did this building here. Is that right? Yeah. His name is Aero Sarnin, uh, Finnish-born. Uh, he did multiple buildings, but he, he's the one who did the arch in St. Louis. So uh, so actually the building itself where we're in is, is iconic. Um you know, it's it's structured. It's it's a replica of a pillbox of June 6, 1944, because when he was concepting what to do and how to build, he was talking to four D-Day veterans. One of them is still alive. He's in my VFW post, Bill Pickerel. And um, so part of this, people were, like, people were like, man, it looks like a bunker. Yeah, that's the concept. It's it's a pillbox because he wanted to be by the water mm-hmm. and remembering all those who, who died in that, that, I mean, glorious day because we... We won the day, but, you know, we lost thousands. Right. And that's what Memorial Day is. Um, so I know you've got cameras trained and you've been taking some photos of the Field of Flags. We started that two years ago. Um, so l- let's explain to people because yeah. I was trying to kind of give the explanation as to what this is right now. So yeah. the Field of Flags started a couple of years ago and it represents lost soldiers, men, women, mm-hmm. out of the state of Wisconsin. Out of the state of Wisconsin. Okay, so this year represents what? So this year, it's the 160th anniversary, sorry, a lot of dates, um, of Wisconsin's first recipient of the Medal of Honor. Okay. Um, he was an Irish immigrant, and he came over, fought in the um, Wisconsin 14th in Mississippi, and uh, receives the Medal of Honor. Uh, his action was October 3rd, 1862. So because of that, we have marked this year as Medal of Honor year here at the War Memorial. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of education programs right. and recognition. In fact, we're currently in the process of designing Wisconsin's first permanent Medal of Honor exhibit this year. We, oh, hope, wow. to have it, we hope to have it open by mid-August. Uh, we're in a capital campaign mo- mode right now, just making great headway. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to do this year, every year we want to keep growing until eventually we get to the number of how many Wisconsinites died in service to this country since statehood, so 1848. And so each year we keep growing that number to eventually reach that final number. So year one was we did Milwaukee County died in World War II, 3,700. Last year was, we did a little different last year. 
all the men and women who have died in service to this country since 9-11. Last year was the 20th anniversary of September 11th. So that was right around 7,500 flags. Mm-hmm. And so this year, as we keep finding these numbers so we can increase, so this year is 12,301 Wisconsinites, Wisconsinites died fighting during the Civil War. And so... Um, you know, that's just a massive number because right, if right. you think about where we were, state population was like 800,000 back then and in the 1860s. Um, you know, we have uh, uh, African-American units that deployed out of Wisconsin that fought and died. Uh, you know, most people think of, you know, the, the indigo blue Union soldier, you know, right. uh, uniform, but 12,301. So it's a combination of commemorating the uh, the anniversary of Wisconsin's first Medal of Honor recipient, and then remembering those. So as we grow this over the years, and we don't know what that number is yet. I still haven't, you know, so 8,800 World War II statewide. Mm Mm-hmm. Civil War, 12,301. So then we have to, you know, World War One, Korea, Vietnam. Right. Um, so we'll eventually get to that. I stole this idea, as I said, from Boston. I was telling you earlier. And they do this in the Boston Commons, and they place over 33,000, 35,000 flags right now. They're doing it simultaneous. Yeah. And they're remembering every lost Massachusetts uh, citizen who fought and died in battle. And, and that's what this is. You know, when we – I'm wearing a, a, a flag hat today – uh, we in the military, I'm a veteran, um, you know, we um, we salute the flag. We uh, The flag is such a powerful symbol for us. Uh, and when we die, they bury us under the flag. You've often seen mm-hmm. that, a, a right. flag-draped co- um, coffin. So uh, we also try to explain to folks when you come out and see this powerful image, um, imagine them as coffins. Imagine those those are lost souls right. who, who went and... Um, you don't want to talk about badass. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. you read some of the stories of what some of these individuals did, and, and you're like, ah, I don't know if I would have done that. You know, right. it's such such heroism. So we're 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 honoring the you know, honoring and remembering, but we're also like celebrating the the individuals right. and, and what it took to be that and do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's and uh, I keep telling people this is free and open to the public. Yes, it is. Yeah. Just come down. Uh, you know, grab a parking space and come on in and walk around. One of the other things that I found fascinating today. Uh, is not just what you celebrate down here, and so to speak, regarding the those that have died, but the living. And you do a lot with the suicide prevention. Yes. Uh, and one of the cool displays, and I, I took some pictures of it, and for those watching on the live stream, you can see this, but uh, there's a gentleman who has, he's paralyzed, mm-hmm. he is a veteran, he has attempted suicide, and he found solace in Legos, mm-hmm. in building Legos. And uh, this whole display, I didn't realize, I thought it was just kids that came down and did this, and, the, and I started to get it explained to me and said, no, this is a guy that found therapy in building Lego sets, and he's paralyzed. He's paralyzed, yes. He's paralyzed, and he's put all of these magnificent, intricate Lego sets together, and they've got them on display. You have them on display downstairs. It's amazing. We do. You know, this is also, an, a, a, when I say office building, you have to be a veteran organization nonprofit or a nonprofit. So in the building here, you have we, USO Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, so we house them here. We have Paralyzed Veterans of America, Wisconsin. Right. And so it's it's through collaboration with PVA. Uh, Paralyzed Veterans of America that uh, we work with their their team. Uh, you know, we do a 5K in October. It's a walk, run, roll. It's a wheelchair roll. Yeah. We're the only licensed or certified 5K for wheelchairs in the state of Wisconsin. Wow. And we worked with, um, you know, Scott and his team over there at PBA to say, let's do this. You know, you go into Veterans Park. As you can see, it's a pretty level, uh, level terrain. So, I mean... I mean, other than a hills, if you go a little bit west of here. Um, And so this is what we do. We're collaborating with other groups that are 
tr- making a difference in the lives of um, of the veterans of the service. You know, we'll have chain of, change of command ceremonies here with our active duty military retirement ceremonies. Um, and so we, we celebrate the honor uh, and, and mm-hmm. you know, the integrity of, of all those who currently wear the uniform, wore the uniform, and those who love them. Right. And keeping them alive, our mission is honor the dead or honor the fallen, serve the living. And since I took over in January of 2020, I've put a heavy emphasis on serve the living. Right. And with that is mental health, suicide prevention, because keeping them alive is serving the living sure. and those who love them and surround them. So, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's a pleasure. Thanks for having us down here. This is this is fantastic, and obviously, this is a great uh, view to work out of, uh, rather than the small studio that I have back at the house. And uh, anytime, anytime. And, yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. And uh, you know, obviously, we hope to uh, work some more together with you. And I've got a coin and, for you before you wrap here, because I know you're sometimes you're on the time hack, but that's a uh, military tradition. I think you're familiar with those. Yes, uh, and that's I am. A, there's a war memorial coin. That's, so a small token of appreciation. That's for what incredibly you do special. And, that and, goes with. The Fisher House that you got me in because you gave me one of those. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah, you did. Yeah. You and you Kim Mikulowski. You can blame me for all that. I know, right? <laughs> I know. That's absolutely awesome. I, I love it so much. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to work together a little bit more. You've got the honor ride uh, coming up. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the Medal of Honor ride? Yeah, Medal of Honor ride. It's on 9-11. Okay. Um, it's one week after your ride. So what we we want to collaborate right. on this because, um, you know, some groups are like, well, it's mine or it's mine. We, we do this in collaboration. In, right. is- in isolation, we will fail. And so um, – and, and people you can work with and trust. And obviously, that's you. Uh, I can work with Bill. I can trust you. Um, and then we're, you're just doing great work, you know. So well, that's, how we're gonna, that's how we're going to hit the broader – broader yeah. spectrum and, and serving our we are hoping for those that are listening that uh, are going to do my ride coming up in uh, uh on the sunday september 4th of labor day weekend uh and one of the the details that has never been announced and we because we just don't know but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it here for just a second but we are hoping to have the only living medal of honor winner in the state of wisconsin to join us that day who wants to come just yeah. whether or not the health allows it but uh, we're hoping to have gary wetzel join us that day he's the last surviving Wisconsin recipient of the Medal of Honor. Um, and, you know, he's, he, you don't go through what his body went through and not see road, you know, scars. Yeah. And, um, and so he's, he's, he's struggling. So our, our prayers are, our wishes are going out to, to Gary and his family. But um, I tell you what, if someone's going to push through it, yeah, it's that guy. He's and, not going to ride with us, but if he no, can show up yeah, and say so. hello to the uh, people that do, that would be fantastic. So, yeah, but yeah. we're, crossing our fingers for his health and obviously for his appearance yes so, it'd be awesome first and foremost but uh, great stuff man thanks so much thank you have a Appreciate great weekend it. thank uh, you in the sense of uh getting more and more people down here for get them down here you know yeah. we got a beer garden too i that's you know proceeds <laughs> half the half the proceeds come back to support our efforts <laughs> right so right. we've partnered with keggles end and the uh, proceeds come to us so not only can you come down here and check out and all summer long by the way right that beer garden's down here all summer long so proceeds come back to support the war memorial when you go in and have uh have a cocktail or two, ride That's your bike awesome. down, check yeah, it out. Yeah, you can kind of see it there in the Bud Light live stream now. Yeah. You can kind of see off into the distance yeah. a little bit. So, Good stuff, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Bob. Really Thanks so much. It. Absolutely. We're going to step away, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show live down here at the War Memorial on the lakes of Saint, on the uh, banks of Saint, uh, Lake Michigan, shall I say. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
to the program. We are brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And if you want to uh, get in, give them a call. One location or one phone number for all their locations is 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Give them a shout. And uh, whether it's for ED, erectile dysfunction, uh, maybe, maybe ladies listening to the program, Maybe it's the ladies. They have new femme now as well in the same building. So if you're looking to maybe get uh, get whatever it is you need checked out, checked out, you can do that too. Uh, but whether it's, uh, say, weight loss, they have the all-in-one weight loss program for both. Uh, you can go in and get uh, low testosterone checked. Uh, guys, if you feel like you're moody, you're up and down, you're just not, not yourself, you're tired all the time, run down, you can get that checked as well. So many things they can do to help. All you got to do is call 414 414- Four five five four four five one, again four one four four five five four four five one. Give us, uh, give them a shout, and they can uh, certainly help you out. Uh, got a couple of emails uh, as we were sitting here talking before about uh, Craig Council being the best manager in Brewers history. Um, that's what Dennis. Dennis says uh, I'd have to go with Harvey Keen. Harvey's wallbangers were a staple. And he was a hell of a manager. George Bamberger is extremely solid. Craig Council right up there. I can't consider Phil Garner the best manager in Brewers history, not just because of the win total, but because of the loss total. The loss total was so much higher than his wins. He did not have the best of talent to work with either. That has to be taken into consideration, uh, which I completely understand that. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a, it's a good barroom question. You know what I mean? It's It's just who do you feel is? the best manager in Brewers history. And there's been 19 of them. 19 of Well, actually, I take that back. There's been 21 of them um, in in Brewers history. So who would you think would be the best manager in Brewers history? 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to, feel free to do it. 1975 um, Harvey Kuhn. 1975, uh, well, you had, uh, in 1975. He was 1-0. Well, yeah, well, he was 1-0. <laughs> it's just. Because uh, Del, Del Crandall was right before that. And then you had Alex Grammis. Alex Grammis was uh, part of the uh, 75, 1975 Big Red Machine. He was, I think it was either the first or third base coach. And then he came over as the uh, the head coach, the manager, uh, in 1976 and 77. Did not have much success uh, after that. And, and then it kind of goes on from there. That's when George Bamberger took over and then gave way to Buck Rogers, who got him to the postseason, and Harvey Keene again, and uh, on from there. But, uh, but yeah, How about Alex this Grammis, for some remember those numbers. trivia, Bill? Which Brewers manager leads the franchise all-time in ejections? All-time in ejections, um, Ned Yost. It's kind of a trick question because Ned Yost and Phil Garner are tied with 25. I was, okay. I know Ned got tossed quite a bit. Ned was fiery, and I, I knew Phil was too, but I thought maybe Ned t- uh, overtook him. But 25 ejections. So that's why that, that could be a knock against Council. He doesn't have the dog in him, you know? Well, but see, that was pre-replay. 
I know. I said you know? that completely. As so a replays, I, right? No, I agree. But I, you know, th- that was when you looked at a manager and you said they're a personality and they're fiery, and because you could argue stuff. Now, you go to the top step, you look down the tunnel. If the guy gives you a thumbs up, you challenge it. If you if he doesn't, then you sit back down because you were you're wrong anyway. You, it take it takes that personality out of the game. Can you imagine? Like, go back to the days of Whitey Herzog. Sparky Anderson, Tommy Lasorda, you know, some of these guys that Billy Martin, you know, who just argued and and they were fiery and they were very smart and they knew umpires and the buttons to push. Lou Pinella, if it if it, instant replay would complete have you will never see a manager go out and throw first base out into right field because it's it, you know, it's it's the bang, bang play and it's going to be proven right or wrong. Via instant replay. You're never going to see that again. The generation of today, yourself, you will never see a manager wail a base into the outfield. Because back then, you just argued the call. Now, eh. Earl Weaver was another one. Earl Weaver was fiery, too. Yeah. Hey, coming up next, Andrew Brandt. The business of sports. We're going to talk with him about so many things, including the Green Bay Packers. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.